days left till Christmas. And with that, will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have this place, this space where we can come together and enjoy your peace, where we can come together and worship you. Lord, as things are getting hectic in this season, I ask that your peace rest upon each and every one of us. Open up our hearts, open up our minds, and open our ears to hear your word. In your son's holy name we pray these things. Amen. So according to Statista.com, there is expected to be over $655 billion spent this holiday season. The average American will spend between eight and $900 on gifts, and we should each be expecting 13.9 gifts under the tree. Magnifymoney.com says the average American will accumulate $986 worth of debt which you notice is more than we spend on gifts because we have to take into account travel and, and holiday meals and pumpkin spice lattes, right? But in gifts, they're, they're not a bad thing. In fact, it can feel great when you find that perfect gift for someone. You know, the gift that will elicit that little screech when it's opened, the one that will be cherished or the one that will bring tears of joy, and, and a good, thoughtful gift can be a sweet expression of love for somebody. Am I right? However, then there's also that stuff, you know? I, I was reading a bunch of comments from middle schoolers about cr- the things they hate about Christmas, and it's the fact that they have to practice their face for when they get those bad gifts, right? You know, that... That singing bass that has been re-gifted no less than three times. Let me help you out here. If you ever find yourself pulling your credit card out to pay for a singing bass, just say no. And why 13.9 gifts? Is the point nine because it's been re-gifted? And then what about who are you supposed to buy gifts for? I struggle with this. Who am I obligated to buy a gift for, and who am I not obligated to buy a gift for? And if I'm obligated to buy them a gift, is it even a gift? Can an obligation be a gift? Maybe we have lost our understanding of what generosity is all about. Maybe we've lost the difference between just giving and what generosity is actually looks like. But I think before we talk about what generosity looks like, we need to talk about what generosity isn't. Generosity is not out of obligation. And generosity does not require debt. There's financial debt. When one gives with godly generosity, it should be a freeing experience. And if you're accumulating financial debt to do it, that is not freeing. Financial debt is a burden. There's physical debt. 
Are you so busy doing for all those things that have to be done around Christmas time that you're lacking sleep and your body is getting worn down? Are you finding time to move? Are you finding time to get good sleep? And there's emotional debt. Are you maintaining good boundaries? Generosity requires forgiveness. However, you don't need to put yourself in a place where you're being used and abused. It's not necessary for you to fall back into old family roles because you're supposed to be falling into the role that God has for you. And then there's spiritual debt. There's the old, the reason for the season. Sounds a little cliche and maybe even a little misunderstood. And I'm going to argue that maybe even that baby lying in the manger isn't the reason for the season. It's the purpose behind the baby in the manger. The fact that we have a God who wanted to send a Savior to heal the relationship between him and his creation. If we are not taking time and space to take a Sabbath, like Kurt talked about last week, we're missing out on that relationship, which is the whole reason we celebrate Christmas. The problem is debt has weight attached to it. And the purpose of generosity is that we may have freedom. One of the verses that talks about generosity that I love is in 1 Peter. Will you turn with me to chapter 4, verses 8 through 11? Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Generosity comes out of loving one another deeply. Generosity comes without grumbling. It, it is an outflowing of the gifts God has given us. Generosity gives honor and glory to God. The Christmas story at its very core is about generosity. We have the shepherds who dropped everything to go praise God and worship and see this Savior. And they left praising. The wise men traveled a great distance to bring Christ gifts. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. And then there's the story of the generosity of a teenage girl. If we look back at the culture of the time, we know Mary was most likely about the age of the middle schoolers who go to our church. Can you believe God trusted someone that age 
with his Savior. (laughs) That's pretty crazy, but there Mary is. She's minding her own business. She's engaged to be married. And this angel appears. You are highly favored. What kind of greeting is that? (laughs) Is her response. But the angel says, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Wait a second. (laughs) I haven't gotten married yet, and I know what it takes to have a kid, and I have not done that yet. How can this be possible? The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, for no word from God will ever fail. When we celebrate Christmas today, we sometimes glamorize Mary's situation. You know, you've seen the pictures. She's always looking very holy and very clean even though she had just given birth in a barn. <laughs> I don't know but about you mothers out there, but that's not the way I felt after I gave birth. <sighs> she was probably wondering, how am I going to explain this pregnancy to my parents? <laughs> how am I going to explain this pregnancy to my fiancé? Am I going to be considered a sinner or an outcast? But despite the many questions and fears that she had, her response was to give honor to God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your words to me be fulfilled. Mary's response was, how can I honor you? How can I serve you with who I am and with what little I have? There were a lot of people that Jesus ran into who couldn't make room for him. Herod, the king of the Jews at the time, he couldn't make room in his kingdom for another king of the Jews, so his response was to kill all the baby boys, and Jesus had to flee to Egypt. When he returned and he began preaching, he was run out of Nazareth. Nazareth didn't have room for him. There were a lot of people who didn't have room for Jesus. But Mary said, I have womb. (laughs) Sorry. And then there's Joseph. He finds out his fiancée's pregnant. And he doesn't want to hurt her, so he's just going to quietly move on until an angel comes comes to him and says, you need to do this thing. This is my, this is God's child. Name him Jesus and raise him. Mary and Joseph decided they were not going to live their lives as if it was about them. They wanted their lives to count for something bigger than their dreams and their plans. Bigger than their expectations. Their lives, they decided, wouldn't be about them, but it would be making, about making room for the bigger story that God had in store for them. 
This is the core of generosity, trusting that God has a bigger story in line for the gifts that he has given you. Later on in Luke, there's a story of a rich young ruler who comes to Jesus and says, Lord, what do I need to do to experience eternal life? And Jesus says, well, you know the commandments. Yes, Lord, I've been doing those since I was a boy. Well, you need to sell everything you have and give it to the poor and come follow me. And he couldn't do it. All of his wealth was burdening him, and he couldn't let it go. And I am guessing that the road that Mary and Joseph had to travel felt like a burden at times. Their journey wasn't easy. They, they had to do some things that were countercultural. They had to move away from their home. But then if we listen to what Mary says, we can see her heart about the whole situation. The shepherds had just left. And in chapter 2 of Luke, verse 19, it says, Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. That does not sound like a woman who felt burdened. In that moment, Mary and Joseph let go of their own story and they made room. It's like they declared, there's a bigger story at work here. It's God's story and this story is worth living for. The problem with the popular approach to generosity is that it's not big enough for the story of God that he's trying to tell in and around us. When generosity becomes about keeping up with the Joneses or pleasing everyone, our stories shrink down to one that God didn't intend. So how do we make room? How do we shift our perspective and embrace God-style generosity? Well, first we have to pay attention to God. We got to look for ways, like Mary did, to respond to and honor him. We've got to be open to his voice, and you're probably not going to get an angel in your living room. I'm not putting it out of possibility, but we're most likely not going to have an angel showing up telling us exactly what to do. But maybe his direction comes from a situation. Or maybe it comes from the advice from someone you trust or something you read in the Bible or that still, small voice nudging you. Pay attention and join him in his story. I attended Wreaths Across America yesterday at the Tahoma National Cemetery. Uh, My son had been working with the Civil Air Patrol group to raise money to purchase wreaths that are laid on the graves. And during that ceremony, they honor Gold Star moms, who are moms who have lost their children whilst they were serving in the armed forces. It's a very powerful ceremony. And after it was done and and Brisham was going out to lay wreaths, we were walking out to one specific grave. It was the grave of the son of a friend of mine. And I was walking, and there's a woman who's coming back from her son's grave. And I felt this nudge, you you need to give her a hug. I was like, no. I don't hug strangers. That's weird. And I went on. 
I went on, and, and Brisham very respectfully laid the wreath on Adam's grave, and he took a step back, and he saluted, and we walked away. And down the aisle, this mom comes back to visit her son's grave again. And the voice was a little louder this time. You need to give her a hug. And so I thanked her. And then I asked her, may I give you a hug? And she said yes, and she hugged me back hard. It, it felt like a burden at first. But afterwards, I was released and offered freedom. We've got to pay attention to other people. Instead of focusing on us, we've got to look for ways to bless the people around us. When you're taking part in, in the bigger story of God, we're, when you do, you're taking part in the bigger story of God. Ultimately, it's about helping other people discover who he is. You don't need an angel to give you permission when you see something that another person needs or when you see something that another person needs help with. You don't need to get permission to have a conversation or to serve another person. When you live out God's story by making room for generosity, you help other people discover who Jesus is. Generosity is about loving others deeply. Generosity comes without grumbling. Generosity is an outflowing of the gifts God has given us. And generosity gives honor and glory to God. At the core of generosity is this question. What would it look like for me to live God's story instead of my own? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father,